Okay, will do. If you're not my Facebook friend, then uh, I'm sorry. I've not unfriended anybody here that I know of. How y'all doing? Good? Okay. Blessed. Amen. You know, I haven't given a report on the building in a while, so I need to give a report. We're almost out of money. <laughs> if you've not been downstairs in a while, man, it's coming along. It's great. It's beautiful. We've got walls up. We have sheetrock up. We have insulation up. We have wiring. We have so much done, but we still have quite a bit to do. So I just want to put that before you again to uh, be reminded of, uh, ask, ask God what you're supposed to do in that, in that area as far as giving. Because we have just trusted God. We've depended on Him. We haven't hired anybody to raise money. We haven't knocked on your doors. We haven't asked you to fill out a pledge card. Okay? We just leave it to you and Holy Spirit. And so far, that's worked really well. So as uh, you just press into that and ask the Lord God, if I kind of put that on the back burner, because uh, if I've forgotten about it, uh, I'll let, let him speak to you concerning that. Because it's vital, it's needed, and uh, we're excited about it. Daryl and his crew are working very hard, and Charles and, and uh, Jesse and David. And there's just been a whole lot of folks that have been involved in that effort. And it's looking good. It's looking good. Yes? I think this is going to be in my way. You think I'll knock it over? Okay. Next time, honey, all you have to do is just do this. Okay, I'm going to get you to stand up one more time. We're going to say that because I want you to have ears to hear this morning and eyes to see. Okay, Matthew 13, 16. It's actually way before. Uh, Matthew 13, 16. Okay, here we go. Y'all say this with me together. But blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Say, my eyes see. My ears hear. What Jesus is speaking to me, what the Holy Spirit's revealing to me, and I want to not just hear it with these ears or see it with these eyes, but I want to hear it here in my heart. I want to understand it, and I'm going to put it to use, and it's going to produce lots of fruit in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Don't y'all like to do that? Yeah. I do too. I'm going to have to get that Joel Osteen thing going. It's funny because Cam was talking about, you know, the hairs on our head being numbered. I count my hairs. They're getting so few, I count them. Oh, baby, come on. And then if I can't count them all, I'll get Mary Lou to count them. She said, baby, you're down to so many. Jesus taught in parables. Y'all be nice over there. We're going to look at this parable of the sower, Matthew 13. So if you have Bibles, look at it. Look it up. You don't have to just depend on the guy within the, in the booth, my son. Get your word out. Some people don't bring your word to church anymore because we do that. I think one of these Sundays we're just not going to have any scriptures up there, so you'll have to look them up. iPads and all. Okay, Matthew 13. On the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea. And great multitudes were gathered together to him so that he got into a boat and he sat and the whole multitude stood on the shore. That's how teachers did. Rabbi sat and everybody else stood. So if y'all would just go ahead and stand up and I'm going to teach from here. Oh. Ah, shoot. Not going to happen, huh? Okay. 
Y'all would do that for Jesus, though, right? Okay. Then he spoke many things to them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went out to sow. It's a pretty good idea. If a sower is a sower, he needs to go out and sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside, and the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places where they did not have much earth, and they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others of the seed fell on good ground and yielded a good crop. I say so, a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. And then Jesus concludes this parable with, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Okay? So if you've got ears this morning, let them hear. You know, when you look at parables, there, there are a lot of different ways you can look at parables. And, and I like the video because it didn't try to explain them as much as we tried to. An earthly message with a heavenly meaning. You know, that's one I always heard when I was growing up. But there's, there's depth to them. And we need to understand that there's depth to the teaching of Jesus Christ and that he did this because of his grace because the Pharisees just weren't hearing it anymore. I never did see that before. And, and you look at this, and here's Jesus. He's, he, what, what did his daddy do for a living, his earthly dad? He's a carpenter. So Jesus sits down and teaches them about farming. And, and I know a lot of people knew who Jesus' parents were. And I'm sure there were some in the crowds going, hmm, he's teaching about farming, but isn't he a carpenter's son? Didn't he build that house down on Shafter Street? <laughs> Over there on Beauregard, didn't he build some houses around? And, and here he is, he's, he's trying to teach us about farming. Some people can see this as an evangelistic message. It's about us sowing seed. How many of you know that as Christians we sow seed all the time? We sow seed. Listen, this can be such a, a beautiful evangelistic message because some of you sow seed in the wrong places. You waste time and you waste seed because you're not led by the Spirit of God. Well, I'm just supposed to tell everybody. Not necessarily. Sometimes you're casting your pearls before. Right? Swine. So you need to be spirit-led even as you sow the gospel, as you sow love, as you sow the fruits of the spirit. You need to understand that this could be a very evangelistic teaching about how to sow. But really, Jesus turns it to show it's more about not so much the sower, but about the sow-e. Is that a word? The soil, okay. So we can look at it from this. We're going to look at it from the perspective Jesus really was wanting us to see it from, okay? So look at the purpose of the parables, verse 10. And the disciples came and said to him, Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? Now remember, the them is the Pharisees. See, they get it. They, they, they kind of have an idea that, Hey, why is he teaching like this? He's been teaching such straightforward messages. Don't commit adultery. Don't even look at a woman in lust. He, he's teaching them the Beatitudes, all these straight-on teachings. Man, he's going deeper and deeper and deeper, and all of a sudden he starts talking about sowing seed. So they just ask him. Sometimes we forget that these guys were just like you and me. They were just regular guys. Some were fishermen. Some were tax collectors. One was a soldier. I mean, these, these guys are hanging out with Jesus and, he's, and they say, hey, Jesus, what? What up? What are you teaching about? Why are you teaching with these weird stories? And he said and answered to them, because it has been given to you. Now he's talking to them, the disciples, 
to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. But to them, the Pharisees, it has not been given. For whoever has, to, more, to him more will be given. And he will have abundance. Say abundance. Isn't that cool? But whoever does not have, even what he has will be taken away from him. Because they're not using it. They're not exercising it. Have you ever heard use it or lose it? See, he, he's trying to explain to, the, to, to his disciples the reason he's teaching. He said, guys, you, this is for you. They're not getting it. So I want to teach it. And, and there's, a, there's a level of grace there. I never saw that until I, I, I saw, I've been reading some commentaries and looked at this video. And I, there's, some, there's a level of grace here that Jesus said going straight head on with the Pharisees here because they don't get it. And he doesn't want their hearts to be hardened any more than they've already been hardened. I used to have an uncle. I still, I still have an uncle. Uh, I have an uncle that used to preach. Uh, a matter of fact, he was my uncle that preached when I accepted Christ when I was 17. But he used to say, listen, don't go to church. Don't, don't encourage people that they keep rejecting the truth to come to church. I went, what? Are you crazy? I mean, you want the church full, don't you? That's how you get your offering. I was 17, okay? He said, if you have people that continually reject the truth, their heart gets harder and harder and harder. And every time they come and reject truth, it gets a little bit tougher for them to accept Christ. Maybe you know what I'm talking about. I kind of know what he's talking about. Because some people, so I think Jesus in his grace was saying, listen, if I keep telling this truth straight on with these Pharisees and they're not getting it, they're just going to get harder and harder to get to. So he has some grace there. He, he offered grace to them. Then he talked about this truth. And I love how it was put. If you've get, been given truth, God, and you receive truth, God's going to give you more truth. And it's going to be deeper truth. Did you know there's truth and there's deeper truth? The, I'm going to give you an example. I just gave it to you a while ago. The, the Old Testament said, do not commit adultery. Jesus said, yeah, you've heard that. Yeah, you've heard that. But he said, I say to you, now that's truth. Jesus is not discounting. He said, that's truth. But he said, I've got a deeper truth. He said, don't even look at a woman and lust after her because then you're, you're still committing adultery. That's a deeper truth. Some people go, oh, I just love grace because I can do what I do, want to, want, uh, whatever I want to do, whenever I want to do it. And, and Jesus didn't teach it that way. The deeper truth, the grace actually made us more refined than the Old Testament law. Oh, I don't like that. I don't want him to teach that. But that's true. He said, you've heard this, thou shalt not commit murder. Don't kill anybody. That's cool. I can get by. I have not killed anybody in my lifetime. I'm 58 years old. I've never killed anybody. I used to put that one out, but I've, I've actually met people that kill people. Okay? But I've killed them with my mind, with my words. You have too. See, there's, there's a truth. That's true. Don't go shoot somebody. But don't go speak about them. Don't call them a fool. Don't relegate them to death by your words. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Okay? So there's a truth and there's a deeper truth. Y'all got that? I, I, I love, I, I'm a big Rangers fan, and I'm sorry for all of you that are not Rangers fans. I'm a Rangers fan. I love the Rangers. I, I've been to many of the games. I went to the World Series last time. Last year, first time I've ever been to World Series. I went to opening day this year. I was blessed to, to get tickets to go to opening day, and, and I follow them. Really thinks I've probably followed them too much. But there's one guy on the team that I just really follow even closer than the Rangers, and that's Josh Hamilton. 
You know, he, he gets his testimony. He goes and shares his testimony. How he was delivered from drugs. How he was delivered from all the stuff that he was going through in his life. He kicked away millions of dollars so he could use, so he could get high. And then he came to a place in his life when he had hit bottom. And he comes to his grandmother and his grandmother says, you know, Josh, you just need Jesus. He gives a life to Jesus Christ. He hadn't been perfect since then, but ever since he gave his life to Christ, he has been telling people about Jesus Christ. He's very unashamed of, it, of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Last year when they won the, World's, uh, the, the American League Championship, they celebrated in the locker room with ginger ale because they respected him enough to leave the alcohol outside of the clubhouse. And so... I watched Josh, and man, he's, he's awesome. He, he gets, he's been injured some, but he's back in the game. He's, he had a home run yesterday, matter of fact, two-run home run, okay? He was MVP last year, left-handed. I never could hit very well left-handed. But I was reading. I was, looking on, I was looking on the website. I go to the website if I miss the game, see what happened. And I check on there. Oh, Josh Hamilton is determined. He's giving up smokeless tobacco. I Because I, I was seeing Josh, and he wasn't chewing gum, and he didn't have sunflower seeds in okay you always have that dip let me tell you what he said this is on their blog this is on the texas rangers website today is the first day hamilton said before the rangers series finale with the rays the holy spirit how many times do you see a blog about the holy spirit on a baseball site and he's a, he's a member of Gateway, Robert Morris's church. He said, the Holy Spirit, I kept waking up last night thinking about different things and what might be causing me to stumble in my relationship with the Lord. And I felt like chewing tobacco was one. So I got up this morning and I threw it all away. And when it's time to take a dip, I pray instead. Now listen, he has gotten a truth. He's gotten a truth. He could have rejected that truth. Or he could receive that truth and know that that's not good for me. That's not good for my witness. And so he accepted the truth and got rid of it. Now, he goes on to say in the article, you know, I still got other things I'm working on. But don't we all? Don't we all? But he's on this platform. People are watching him. He's, a, he's, a, he's one of these hero kind of guys to kids. So you know what? As the church, what do we need to do for Josh Hamilton? Pray for him. He's in the spotlight. The enemy would like nothing better than to knock the socks out, you know, the props out from under him. We need to pray for our brothers and sisters. Ron Campbell has met Josh, Campbell in, uh, Josh Hamilton uh, through his chiropractor. He got invited to meet Josh uh, last year. And he, 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 the, the guy, his chiropractor is a friend of, of Ron Campbell's. He uh, operates in the gift of prophecy. He comes to our church all the time. And so Ron met him and he began to speak into his life. And you know what he's spoken to Josh's life? It's kind of like uh, Misha. I'd, I'd rather tell the truth in, instead of having to deal with God if I don't. But he said, Josh, baseball is nothing. He said, your ministry is way beyond baseball. He said, don't think that this is, the only, this is it for you. He said, you are going to do some things in the kingdom of God that far outweigh your baseball career. But God's giving him a platform right now. Now, Josh has a choice. I can listen to that prophetic word and I can agree with it and part with it and continue on in my life to advance the kingdom or I can just get behind my fence of my 20-foot high fence of my mansion and wherever he's at in, in the Dallas area and I can hide away. But you know what he chooses to do? He chooses to take time to go out and share the gospel of Jesus Christ Amen. with lost folks. He's had a truth and now God's going to give him deeper truth. Okay? Jesus said this, whoever does not have even what he has will be taken from him. 
that's for you and me too. Oh, that, that's a good word for the Pharisees. Listen, how many times have you been blessed by God? You didn't do anything with the blessing. And one day you wake, wake up and it's gone. How many times have you, God's imparted something to you, show, shown you something to go and to do, maybe to speak to somebody, to go and pray with somebody, and God showed you this very clearly, but you just said, I don't think I will. Listen, listen we're, not, we're not beyond or above the Pharisees, guys. And I'm, you're going to see in a minute this parable is more for us than it is for anybody today. Okay, let's continue on. James 1, I want you to turn to James 1. I'll tell you this, if you're not moving forward, you know what direction you're moving as a believer? Backward. Ain't no neutral. Sometimes we hit the wall around the racetrack, but there's no neutral. You're either going forward or you're going back. Which way are you going this morning? That's my question for you. James 1 says in verse 21, Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness. That speaks of sin, distractions, kind of like the video we had earlier. And receive with meekness the, what kind of word? Implanted word. Say implanted word. That sounds like seed, doesn't it? Being sown. Which is able to save your souls. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he is like a man observing his natural face in a mirror. For he observes himself, he goes away, immediately forgets what kind of man he was. You know, when this was written 2,000 years ago, mirrors weren't like the mirrors that we have in our bathrooms and in our, in, in our homes today. We have this beautiful reflection. And we can look in the mirror and get a pretty, almost perfect reflection of yourself. Back then, they just had polished metal. So this verse, it means even more then than it does now because he's saying you're looking into something and you're seeing a, a, a reflection of yourself and it's not that good. And you walk away and you kind of forget what you look like. He says, listen, you've got to be a doer of the word, not just a hearer. And he goes on to say, but he who looks into the perfect law of liberty. What is, what's another word for liberty? Freedom. Freedom. He who looks into the perfect law of liberty or freedom and continues in it, say continues in it, and is not, listen, you've got to underline this part, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work. A forgetful hearer. Oh, honey, I meant to take out the trash. I remember you telling me, I just forgot. Anybody ever been a forgetful hearer? Sometimes it's more than taking out the trash. It's forgetting what God spoke to you, what he challenged you, what he called you to do. You become a forgetful. I don't remember that, God. He said, yes, you do. You remember it later. That's right. Listen, let me read verse 25 again. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, that's, that's grace, the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and is not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed. Say, be blessed in what he does. Did you, do you want to be blessed or cursed? Blessed. Listen, if you look into the law, if you look into the perfect law of liberty, the freedom of Jesus Christ, if you look into the grace of God and you continue to see that and you begin to walk in that and you, when he speaks to you, you obey him. When you're obedient and what he's called you to do, listen, you're going to be blessed. 
So why isn't the church blessed today in America? Because the church in America, for as a big part of the church in America, is not doing that. They've forgotten. We have people that get 70 or 80 years old and they say, you know, I'm done. I'm, I'm retired. I don't have to do that anymore. I don't have to be a hearer and a doer of the word. I've already done that. Listen, you're not going to be blessed. There is no retirement in the kingdom of God. There's promotion. There's no retirement. Get, just get that out of your head. But look, if we do what he says to do, he blesses us. Doesn't that sound a lot like the parable of the sower? You sow the seed on good ground and you reap 160, 30 fold of what you've sown. So let's go back. Matthew 13. So Jesus tells the disciples why he speaks in parables. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled, which says, Hearing you will hear, and you shall not understand, and seeing you will see and not perceive. For the hearts of this people have grown dull. Their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes have They have closed, lest they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn so that I should heal them. Listen, you want to be healed? Turn to him. Allow your heart to be softened to receive what Jesus Christ has for you. I was reading about dull hearts and I asked Mary Lou this question. I said, you know, what makes a knife dull? See, well, you're just never sharpening it. You know what makes a knife dull? Using it over and over and over and over again and never sharpening it. You see, I think that's kind of what the Pharisees were doing. They were, they were into the law. Man, they were reading. They understood. I mean, they were reading the scripture and all this. And, and, but, but they were never living it. They, they put burdens on people. They were never living in, in any kind of a grace. They, they put these great, huge burdens on people. And that's why Jesus, when he came, he said, my yoke is easy my burden is light. He said, don't, you don't have to go there. And so these, the Pharisees were dulling people. They were dull themselves, just dull people. Couldn't hear, couldn't, couldn't move in any kind of anointing because everything about them was dull. They were used up and they weren't letting the, the, the spirit of God and the word of God cut like it cuts. Hebrews 4.12 says, For the word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. It's sharper than any ginsu or whatever those knives are that cut through cans. Anybody got any of those? Or just Charles, he fell for the infomercial. I thought it was pretty cool when they cut through a can with that knife. I had to have some. The word of God's sharper than that. It's powerful, piercing even to the division of soul and spirit. And of joints and marrow, and as a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. The word of God is never dull. Ever. It's the hearts of the people that are dull. Sometimes that's you, sometimes that's me. We don't hear so well. We kind of need to do this to God sometimes. Say that again. What what was that, God? Turn up your battery or or your hearing aid, something, your spiritual hearing aid so you can hear God because he speaks to us all the time. You want to see a frustrated teacher? Put them in a class with a bunch of kids that don't give a rip about learning. 
Any teachers in here ever, ever had a student that just did not want to learn? How frustrating is that? Come on, you can get this. I know you get two plus two equals, come on, tell me what it is. Four. Four. Man, how many teachers, how, much, how many of you just feed off of that student that asks you more questions and says, I, teacher, I, I understand that. Can you show me a little bit more? Can you teach me some more? You like that, teachers? Man, you're not frustrated with that student, are you? You'll go home and talk to your husband or your wife about that student. Man, little Johnny in class, he's just a learner. He just grabs hold of it. He loves to hear. He loves me to teach him. And it just pumps you up and makes you feel like you're you're doing something, that that you're worth something. Blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. Now, I'll just say this right now. Most of you wouldn't be here today if you didn't want to hear truth. And I thank God for you. You want to hear truth. You don't want to hear the mamby-pamby gospel. You don't want to hear the watered-down gospel. You wouldn't be here if you didn't really want to hear truth. Because, you know, if you've come any time before, that I'm going to preach truth. And sometimes truth hurts. Sometimes it cuts really deep. You're here this morning. You're looking. You're listening. You're hearing. You're obeying. And we're so blessed. I mean, these guys, when Jesus would talk about the word, they they had these scrolls that were wrapped up and shoved in some little corner. And they just had one per synagogue probably of each book. And how many of you have a Bible in your house? How many of you have a Bible in your, your phone, an app, your iPad? How many have a Bible on your home computer? How many have more than one Bible? Look around. We got the word just saturating us. You can't even turn on Caleb without hearing the scripture once in a while. Or somebody emailing you the verse of the day. Even open the newspaper. If you're still in the old school and you're still reading the newspaper like me, second page, verse of the day. We've got the word of God in us and around us and above us and around Just everywhere we're saturated with this. With the word of God, and yet there's so many people that are dull. We're not living it. When it's not active in us. Look, look at what Jesus was saying to the disciples for assuredly. Verse 17. For assuredly I say to you that many prophets and righteous men desired to see what you see and did not see. And to hear what you hear and did not hear it. We, we, got, we get to hear this mystery. We get this mystery revealed to us as believers today. 2,000 years later, he said, he said, Harold, you're hearing some things that people back then, that the prophets weren't even hearing. Great men back then, they weren't hearing all these things that you get the privilege of hearing. And so many times we just take it for granted. They desired the truth and they, they couldn't get it because they were dull. They had these religious mindsets. Error that they've been taught, traditions that they've been taught. But listen, that applies to you and me too. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit's saying to the church. Now look at verse 18, the parable explained. If you have a highlighter or a pen, you can just start underlining all the times it says here. (laughs) Jesus really wanted them to hear this, to get this. Therefore, hear 
the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. And I'm not going to go into a lot of detail about this. You can kind of figure that out yourself. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. (laughs) Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. Been there, done that? Now, he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word and the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. Before I go, let me tell you, many people use this passage to say these people are going to hell and these people are not. These people are going to hell. These people are going to heaven. They did, they did go through this verse and they figure out who these people are and, the, and there's the four different kinds of souls. Listen, I think all these souls apply to all of us all the time. Look, the third, the third soul, he says, they become unfruitful. That means they've already been fruitful. Right? How can you become unfruitful if you have never been fruitful before? Some of you have been fruitful. Some of you have walked in this anointing. Some have walked in the power of God. Some have, have done great things for the kingdom of God, but now you're retired. And you've been hurt. Oh, the church hurt me. Listen, get over it. My goodness. We get so caught up in whatever people, everybody do, they do to us. Oh, I'm just so wounded. I'm so fragile. I just need help. Listen, get over that because the kingdom of God is at hand. There are people lost and going to hell, but we whine about a pastor. We whine about a denomination. We whine about this. We complain about that. We grumble about that. And God said, look, look, don't let that word, don't let that word cause you to stumble. Get in the word, church. Don't depend on me. To teach you, get in the word for yourself. You just said you had plenty of Bibles. I mean, we've all become unfruitful at times in our life. For various reasons, tribulations. I I think I need to make more money. Gets in the way sometimes, doesn't it? You know, I need a bigger house. I need a nicer car. God, I'll just have to put you on hold while I work at some extra hours. Uh-oh. He's meddling now. You see, he said in that, in that 22nd verse, they receive the seed among all the junk, all the, all the thorns. They received it. They'd been fruitful. But then the world, the cares of the world, the sickness the children that have gone astray, the finances that aren't there, all that stuff. What did we just sing earlier? This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. This world has nothing for me. I will follow you. Sometimes it takes us a while to figure that one out, doesn't it, Larry? Sometimes it just takes a while to figure that out. You know what I love about Jesus, though? He's graceful. In the process of the seeds being sown in our life, even if we're not producing fruit, he's graceful. And he allows a, a preacher to stand up and preach this word to have that seed ignited in you again. <laughs> I was reading it. I was reading the Standard Times this morning, and you know those little 
advertisement pages. I should have brought it. It just came to my mind. There's a plant that they, on one of the insert pages, it's called the resurrection plant. I should have brought that. Anybody see that besides me? Oh, (laughs) readership is down. It's this plant. It's, It's cool because it says for 50 years, this plant will keep on growing and keep coming back to life. Even if you don't water it. So I ordered me something. (laughs) It's called a resurrection plant. All you have to do, if it's dead, it looks dead. You know, just go pour a little water on it. That's us. Some of us are just dried up. And we need some Holy Spirit rain. Come on. Start shining, growing again. Resurrection plant. Go sanangelo.com. You can probably find that. Put it on the screen. Okay, let's get let's finish up. Wow, 15 till. We usually quit at 1 o'clock. I don't know. If I'm going to have time, but we might have to go to 1.30 today. Yeah, y'all say that now. We're doing takeout. We call it Little Caesars. Think about that in 120 people in 10 days in the upper room. Probably had no takeout. And David's going, Peter, could you order some pizzas? It's been five days and we haven't heard from God. We're getting hungry. That's how my mind thinks. I'm sorry. be tough. It'd be, it, we'd be hard-pressed to find 120 people that would sit in a room for 10 hours and pray fast. No ESPN. Verse 23. But he who receives seed on the good ground is he who hears the word and then what? Understands it. Who indeed bears fruit and produces some 100-fold, some 60, some 30 I want to be one of those. We should all want to be that verse 23 soil. Amen? Would this building be big enough if we were? No. Would the city have enough churches if the churches in the city were that verse of soil? No. We couldn't contain them all. So that would tell me that we have a lot of people that are like some of the other soils sitting in our churches today. Real quickly, the, the wayside, sometimes we allow the word no room at all in our lives. Just shut down. I don't want to hear the word. I've heard the word. I know the word. I don't want to hear the word. That's like wayside soil. Bounces right off of you. Some of us are like that. the stony places. We have this flash of enthusiasm. We receive the word and then it burns out really quick. Happened to me in camp a few times. So, you know, really, I don't know so much it was my fault. That, well, I mean, I know it was my fault. It wasn't so much my parents' fault. It's my fault. I received it enthusiastically, but I didn't continue to reproduce. 
Some of us are like the soil among the thorns, and I think this is probably most Christians today. The cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches, the love of money is the what? Root of all evil. We've allowed that to choke out God's word and our fruitfulness, our reproduction. We've quit reproducing because we've let other things come into our life, distractions. What's your distraction this morning? What are you going after this morning that's keeping you from from producing the fruit that God has for you to produce? And I'm thankful that many of you here this morning are good ground and the word bears fruit in your life. But even in that, some of you are in the 30 level when you could be at the 60 level and some of you are at the 60 level when you could be at the 100 level. We're talking networking here, buddy. <laughs> Network marketing. Oh, ambit commercial. <laughs> We're talking about networking. People, I don't believe in networking. Listen, Jesus did. We need to be networking the gospel. You need to be sowing seed in the right places. Here's what you need to be. You need to be willing to receive the word. You need to be teachable. You need to be a good listener. You need to actually study the word of God and ask him to show you the truth. I, I grew up in the days of Sunday school. Not many churches have Sunday school anymore. We're going to have classrooms and we're going to have Sunday school. When we have room, we're going to have Sunday school, and that's depending on how fast we do the downstairs. I've got people that are gifted teachers in this body that want to teach, and we need to do that. But that's not enough. We need to be people that get into the Word on our own. Let me ask you this. Can you imagine going to school to be a teacher How many years do you have to go to school to be a teacher? Four? Is that what you did? You went to school to be... Can you imagine going to school to be a teacher? You know that's your calling in life, but you never actually taught. How many years do you have to be a doctor? Eight? Eight? Eight to twelve? Fifteens? <laughs> How would you like to go all those years going to school and learning and learning and learning? No, that's your calling, but never being able to do it. Would you be frustrated? Just a little bit. All, many of you in this place, you've gone, you've learned, you've got a calling on your life, but you've never stepped out into it. And you're probably really frustrated. Some of you have given up on the dream. Some of you said, you know, I just must have missed it. And God's telling you this morning, no, you didn't miss it. You just let it die. You let the cares of the world come in. You went after the wrong things. We've all done it, church. Let's stand. Let's stand.